0: Wonderful. Well, I do love baby dedications. I love children. I reckon they're amazing. As I preached last week, I love to see the, the woman inside the girl, the man inside the boy, because you know what? They're going to get there. Biology just says they're going to get there, right? And um, I love seeing them grow. My grandchildren, many of which are in Queensland right now, um, that foreign nation above us. Um, sorry if you're in, que- oh, you are in Queensland, oops. <laughs> Um, don't cough, they'll put a border up. But um, It's great to um, have children, my grandchildren, and I love just watching them, imagining whom they're going to grow into. Ah, just great. Some of them can't even talk right now, but that's cool. They soon will. We've started this year with a, a, a theme, if you like. I like to name the year with what I believe the Lord is sharing with us. And basically the, 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 the theme of this year has been, Behold, all things are new. It's a new day. It's a new experience. And, and um, it's based on the scripture 2 Corinthians 5, 16 17, where Paul writes this. So from now on, we, no regard, sorry, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation all things have passed away behold all things are new knowing my before christ and after christ i'm so grateful for that that all things are new it's a new start it's a second chance in my place it's probably an eighth chance that god has given us in order to live an incredible life you see when you're a believer when you are in christ everything becomes new that's why it says we no longer regard um, we we, sorry, we regard no longer anyone from a worldly point of view. We have a whole different point of view now. Our outlook on life, our whole worldview has changed because Jesus is in our lives. He shows us something new. And I've got to tell you, I think differently to what I did before I accepted Christ into my life. It's a new world. It's a new life. You see, becoming a Christian is more than just a decision. It's it's not joining a club. It's not even joining a church. It's a good thing to do. But being a Christian is much more than just becoming a church member. It is a change of life. It is a different lifestyle that gets worked out in your life as you walk the journey. That's what it's about. Well, today I want to start a new series based on that. And I'm asking our preachers to share around these lines some way. Because I think it's pivotal to what God wants to do in our lives as a church. I think it's incredibly important if we're going to live this new life in Christ that we understand something. I read a a t-shirt, I think I might buy this t-shirt. It says, I'm a beekeeper. If you see me running, you better run too. (laughs) If you don't know how to wear, I'm a beekeeper. pretty obsessed with bees at the moment, they're pretty cool. Even though if they sting me, they could kill me, that's all right. I've got a bit worried this week, I saw the news. Man in his 70s gets stung and killed by mowing the lawn, by bees. My dad's in his 70s. I nearly rang up mum and said, Is dad been mowing the lawn? <laughs> no, he's, he's all he's here today, it's all good. I want you to come on the journey with me. If you see me running, church will you come on a journey with me? I believe God's asked me to do some study on this about what I'm about to share with you and that means church we're all doing some study. <laughs> I want you to join me in this, because I actually have a belief that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and wants to guide us and direct us. He cares that much about us. And I want us to really, really grab hold of this new life in Christ. I think this is pivotal to it. So what does it mean? This whole new life, what does it mean to walk in it? Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying... The time is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Basically, he's saying it's time. It's time. From the beginning, God's plan was to establish his kingdom. From the beginning of time. In fact, he started and then man blew it. But he wants to reestablish it and get it active again. And it's always been there. And Jesus said that time has come now. It's here now. The kingdom of God is at hand. What he's saying there, it's within reach. You can reach it. You can touch it. You can grab it with all you've got. Up until then, you see, they, the people he's talking to knew God had a kingdom. They just thought it was out of reach. It was for the future, maybe. It was out. God was out there somewhere. They just prayed to him. But Jesus is saying that's no longer the case. It's at hand now. It's here. Jesus came to establish his kingdom on earth. It's not just a heaven to be gained. Well, that's pretty cool. It's real. Looking forward to that in one sense. But what it means is that today you can experience his kingdom. You can live within his kingdom. And it says there, repent and believe. Basically, what he's saying there is stop, turn around and notice it. You know, the world's really messed that word repent up. It simply means just to turn around and reconsider. Turn around and reconsider. He says, think about it. I want you to believe the good news, the gospel. The word gospel means good news. So basically he's saying, hey, everything you've thought about for years, this kingdom, it's now within reach. Stop, think about it and believe and you'll receive the good news. That's what he's saying there. He came to establish his kingdom. This new, this new kingdom is what I want to call this theme. This new kingdom. It might be 2,000 years old, but it's new to us every day. To some of us, it's a new way of life. And today, I want us to approach it as if, you know what? This is something I can grab right now and make it new in my life. To renew maybe passion in my life. To renew the zeal in my life. To renew vision and dreams in my life. That is what I believe the Lord wants us to do. I want, us to take, I want us to go on this journey of discovering what this new kingdom's about. How does it look? What's it like? How is it lived? What does it mean? Why does God even have a kingdom here? Why has he done that? That's what we're going to be sharing over the next few months. Because I think it's important for us to understand this if we really, really want to grab hold of it. Amen? So where is God's kingdom? Most kingdoms on earth have a boundary. They have a palace, they have a throne. They have a king or a queen, like beehives, they have a queen. She might be the, the boss, but she's definitely not in charge. <laughs> Although it's very interesting that the whole mood of the hive is based on the queen bee. If it's a cranky hive, you change the queen, it often stops being cranky. That's interesting, isn't it? But most kingdoms on Earth, we have Tonga. Tonga has a king. Thailand, ah, Sweden, the UK has a queen. 94-year-old Elizabeth. They all have boundaries. We know when we're in them. I remember when I was in Thailand. My first trip to Thailand, we were over there helping some university students and the missionary was showing us around. And everywhere in Thailand, you see all these little Buddhist shrines and they've got you know, fruit in them and uh, incense burning. And he said, please don't mess with these. Please, He said, <laughs> I thought this was very ironic. Yeah, these little boys started messing with them and this Buddhist Monks started chasing him down the street with a stick. We don't want to see that happen to you. I thought that was so ironic. (laughs) But he said something else which really amazed me, really. He said, and please don't mock the king. Australians have been deported from Thailand for mocking the king. I didn't even know Thailand had a king. He's since passed and they've got a new king. They take their, their, their monarchy very seriously and I think... Now, the world right now doesn't seem to rely on monarchy as much anymore, but it's a very real thing. They have a, a definite physical presence and they have a physical throne and a physical palace and a physical boundary that you can actually walk into. But the kingdom of God's not like that. It doesn't have a physical presence so much. It doesn't have any boundaries doesn't have a palace well it used to have a temple many years ago but in AD 70 that got wrecked because he no longer dwelt there it has a throne but our throne that we think is not physically here on earth it's more in a dimension which we can't see right now Jesus is seated upon that throne but we do have a king his name is Jesus and that king is who we worship and we we look after so what is the kingdom and how does it work on earth? if It doesn't have boundaries. It doesn't have a palace. What? But it's also real. I've come to the conclusion of this. The kingdom of God can be narrowed down to really just two words. Jesus rules. Where I go is it where Jesus rules in my life. What I do is a result of, what, of Jesus ruling in my life. It's not a location I can go to. Some people think that they can come to church and they'll be blessed. That, you know, you might have a blessed time but God doesn't regard you any less or any more because of that. You're not doing God a favour. Churches, I just love coming to church because it's like a family gathering to me and we worship God together and when you worship God, I do better because you're with me and we're joining together. I hope you do better because I'm worshipping God. That's why we come to church but that's not necessarily the kingdom. The kingdom is simply, the way I live, is it a way that Jesus rules over? Is it a, the way I walk my life, is it a result of Jesus ruling in my life? That is an indication of me being in his kingdom. So what is the kingdom? It's where Jesus rules. Where he rules and when he rules in my life is the indication of the kingdom. Within within his kingdom... It's a very different to the outside of his kingdom. Inside of his kingdom is a very different world and Jesus describes it when he talks and it's written down in the Gospels about what he said. He said things like this, if you want to be great in my kingdom, become the least. What? That's not how the world operates, is it? Really, if you want to be great in the world's kingdom, walk over as many people as you can, climb the ladder. But Jesus says, get down off the ladder and serve those who are on it. He said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, learn to be a servant. Wow. It's a bit different to the world, don't you think? He said, if you want to gain true life, lay your life down. What? That's not the case in our world. Our world, if you want to, if you want to gain life, travel the world and see it. Get some more money and do what you can. That's our world. Our world's blessings are in stuff a lot of the time. But that's not the way in the kingdom. The kingdom is less about stuff. He actually said, um, what profits someone if they gain the whole world but lose their soul? Wow, that's a kingdom perspective. He also said, Love your enemies. Wow, that's an interesting concept, don't you think? He goes on to scribe, anyone can love their friends. You can even love someone you don't know, but to love your enemies is a whole new step. And he actually says, That's what it's like in the kingdom. You actually love your enemies and you actually serve them. Well, that's a bit different to what we see in society and life, isn't it? But that's the kingdom. It's often contrary to what the world says. He actually says, if you wanna gain in life, make sure you give. Give and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over, you'll have more than you ever need. It's a kingdom principle. So you think about it, if you want a smile, from someone, give a smile, Daniel's got a great smile. If you want a time in your life, give time. If you want blessing in your life, bless someone. That's what Jesus says, give and you will receive. Sow and you'll reap it. The kingdom is very different to the way we see in the world. The Proverbs actually says this about giving. There is one who sows but seems to have plenty. Gives and gives and gives, seems to have plenty. But there's another that withholds more than they should and comes to ruin. They end up with nothing. That's the way the kingdom works. It's different to the world. I wanna read you this passage out of Matthew chapter six. Bit of a lengthy passage. Therefore I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is uh, is not life more than food, And anybody more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather nor into their baths, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And you are not are you not more uh, valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They are uh, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown away into the oven, will he not so much clothe you more? O you little faith, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your, worldly heaven, or your heavenly father knows that you need them all. And this is the scripture I want to get to. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. See, we, we, we can get gripped up in so many anxieties in life. We feel like we've got to work harder to get this and work harder to get that. And, and Jesus is saying there's an alternate way in which you can live. We get so worried about things. We get so worried about stuff. We think success is about stuff. And Jesus is saying, I don't think it is. There's an alternate way to live and it's in my kingdom. You can walk in my kingdom. He says, if you seek my kingdom, that's a whole sermon series right there. What's it mean to seek his kingdom? We're going to get onto that eventually. And my righteousness. Notice he doesn't say your righteousness. It says his. Notice that. We, we tend to think if we get good enough, we'll make it into the kingdom. It has nothing to do with our behaviour. Absolutely nothing. It's about his behaviour. It's about his righteousness. Righteousness means right in the sight of God. Wow, God thinks he's pretty right. So I'm going to seek that. Yeah? And all these things will be added to you. Can I just share with you? I've noticed that in my life over and over again he just does it now I can't think that I'm perfect at this, I'm still working it out, I fail just as many times as I succeed in this, seeking God's kingdom I, I've, I've got i got to remind myself, face slap, face slap all the time but when I do it works there is this thing about God and the way he works in his kingdom he loves us so much he wants you to have the stuff but he doesn't want the stuff to have you. Interesting, eh? We live in a very material world depending on this stuff, but that's not what God wants us to pursue. He wants us to pursue him. He wants us to pursue him. Many a times the relationship between Jesus and his church is is likened to the relationship between a husband and wife and, 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 and the way he pursues her. And how that works that's what I would do for my wife he would do so much more for his church found it to be true I'm still on my journey I'm still working it I'm not perfect at all but there's something about this life in God now tragedy still happening in my life I'm in the kingdom of God I work to walk in the kingdom every day and I wish every day I did but there's some days I don't There's some days I'm not in that kingdom, I'm not operating in that kingdom. But when I do, I notice it doesn't stop me from having tragedies. Still have rotten things happen in my life, devastation. But I think about that family, the Abdullah family. A year ago, a bunch of kids walking down the street, a drunk driver runs into them, killing four. Three of them were siblings, the other one a cousin. And I'll never forget that woman. The day after, we have no, hold nothing against that man. How do they do that? How? They got robbed the other day and again. Well, well they're upset about it. They're not happy, but it hasn't derailed their lives. It would, it would wreck me. Three children. I think in the kingdom, even though tragedies happen, you don't get derailed. It doesn't wreck your life. It it breaks my heart. But I think in the kingdom, there's this beautiful grace and peace. There's a beautiful gems in there that can only really be found in the kingdom. And that's why I reckon God wants us to seek it. Because it's key to life. This amazing life he wants you to live. You know, the kingdom here right now and the kingdom that's there in eternity. He wants you to experience it. Do you walk in the kingdom? Do you walk in it? Why would I want us as a church to focus on this new kingdom? Why? Why? Why is it important? The Bible calls us heirs of the kingdom. If you're a believer in Christ, you're an heir of the kingdom. Why on earth would God want us to well, why would I want us as a church to go because not everyone who is a believer I'm convinced inherits the kingdom because I think not every believer walks in it I don't think every believer actually lives in the kingdom most of the time they might spend a day or so in there or an hour or maybe a minute second but I think the kingdom of God we've got to work towards being a, a moment by moment thing not just a daily or a yearly or a monthly or an hourly thing, a a, a moment by moment thing where I I learn how to walk in the kingdom, to seek his kingdom every day, every moment, because that's where the treasures where I can inherit. I'm an heir, an heir to God, joint heirs with Christ, the Bible tells me. I have access to all the favour, the peace, the, 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 the beautiful presence, the comfort, the joy. That God brings, I get to inherit it. But you can only inherit it if you're in the kingdom. Like I said, I'm not convinced that every believer walks in the kingdom. I think they're two different things to believe. Ironically, that it's the belief that is the gateway into there. See, that's the beautiful grace of God is He gives us access into the kingdom. We've all got the keys. But do we live in it? Now, one thing you've got to learn about it is this. It's nothing about our behaviour. It's not about being better or good. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm just trying to be really good. That, That doesn't work. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, it doesn't even come into calculation anymore. You know, the Romans tells us that Paul, when he wrote Romans, a letter to the Roman church. He said, Abraham was considered righteous simply because he believed. We're righteous just because we believe. Isn't that cool? But unless I begin to walk in the kingdom, my life doesn't change because I don't inherit what the kingdom has. I don't have the answer today. Of how you walk in the kingdom. We're going to unfold that because it is a big thing. But I'm asking church, would you come on a journey with me? Of working out how do you get there? If it's not about me, my behaviour, friend, it doesn't matter what you've done yesterday. He loves you insanely. And will accept you. He will do that. But his kingdom is what he wants you to walk in. The time is here, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, stop, think about this. And believe in the gospel, the good news. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you are body, soul, and spirit. And God dwells in the holy, as the Holy Spirit here on earth. It's a spiritual thing. Jesus actually said this, unless you are born again, You'll not see the kingdom of God. He goes on to say straight after that, unless you're born of water and the spirit, born of water, your mother's water's broke, right? And the spirit, you'll not enter the kingdom. What born again, the real translation of that, if you want to look at the original Greek, which they wrote, John wrote, means being born from above, the spirit that was sent from above. Being born of the spirit. Again, we're not going to go into that this morning about what that means what that indicates, but what I do know is this, it's supernatural and it's something only God can do and I think it's to a, it happens to a heart that's open for it. I want to be born again. I want to have a new start. I want to be born from above. I want to have that spiritual encounter because I actually think that's when you start seeing what the kingdom is and you can enter into the kingdom at that point. It's got to be more than just a decision like joining a club. It's a, it's a, it's a moment with God where it's you and he, and something changes in your life. It's not, a, it's not legalism, it's not rules and laws. Do you understand that Jesus died on the cross to fulfill all the laws? He fulfilled them in your life and he fulfilled them all in my life. It's not about laws, it's not about regulations. They're all fulfilled. Although thou shalt not murder, still stands, okay? but ironically he won't be judged on that behalf anymore. You'll only be judged, really, do you know Jesus or not? That's it. Are you with him in him or not? Ah, oh, my desire is that we'd all walk in the kingdom. Every one of us. So why would I want us as a church to do this? You know I love you. I love you. There's no reason not to. But that's nothing compared to how much He loves you. Oh my goodness. His love for you is incredible. He wants you to walk in His favour, in His blessings, in His peace, in His comfort that He has all for you, church. He wants you to walk in that. And that is all found in His kingdom. And, like I said, I'm not sure whether every believer walks in his kingdom. We're going to discover that. We're going to go on this journey. There's more to it than that, too. You see, here we are dedicating children today. And I really do love dedication services. The reason why is because we have the potential of setting up generations. I can live forever in generations, and Lord, don't finish with me until I show your power, to show your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness to this new generation so that they can live even better than what we did. I love it. But it's not only that, church. We live in a world right now which suffers a lot. You don't have to spend too much time just getting to know people. You see people suffering. We've just had a... Well, really, the world's still in the grip of it, but Australia's pretty covered right now. The the worst pandemic in history. I think it's going to end up there. And on the back of, what, floods, pestilence, the, the mice are still going crazy out west. Fires, drought... We've got a lot of people right now that you could talk to who are struggling in a massive way. Mental health is a very real issue right now. And God loves them as much as he loves you. Every person who doesn't know him, he loves them. Probably his mind's probably more on them than it is on you. If God could ever stop thinking about you. Jesus said, I would leave 99 of you to go find one that's not one of you. That's what he would said. And I was sitting there thinking, if the church, if we could learn to walk in his kingdom and to begin to see that favour of God, that blessing of God, the joy, the peace, the comfort, the things that come through our life, we just pick up as an inheritance. An inheritance maybe we might be able to bless the world. Maybe that favour could leak out and people could say, I'll have what you've got. What is it about your life? Why do you have peace in this time of turbulence? How come you think it's going? Why? And what we could say is, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Just stop for a moment. And let me share you some good news. And if you believe this good news, wow. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, church. That's why I think God wants his church to walk in the kingdom. Because he loves everyone. And he wants them to experience it. Amen. So I'm going to go on a journey. I'm a beekeeper. If you see me running, would you join me? (laughs) Over the next few weeks, we'll be sharing more and more of this. Next week is actually Mother's Day. And Naomi will be sharing next week here. I'll be over at Penrith Church. That's going to be great. We'll be in our venue over there at Jordan Springs and up the mountains there. They're going to be having a great Mother's Day service as well. And we're all going to then continue on into this kingdom, this new kingdom, the series. Don't miss it. I want you to come on a journey of studying this. And maybe in your own private study, you might want to do some research about what his kingdom is all about. Amen? Amen? Come on, why don't you stand with me? We're just going to spend just a little bit of time. Church? If we can learn to walk moment by moment in His kingdom, I promise you though life might still have situations which are overbearing you'll be able to bear it. You will find a peace, a joy you will experience His favour and blessing like you never have but what's more exciting is this we're setting up generations that are to come That's what we're doing. We're spreading it further than you'll ever come. And we've got a lot to learn about this, but one thing we need to know. It's not a physical thing. So to enter into it, to walk into it, is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. God is spirit. And The born again situation is totally a spirit thing. It is not a physical thing. So what I'd like us to do is just to finish up today, just singing this song and just allowing our spirit just to open up, maybe awaken a little. Not our emotions, not our will, not how we're feeling, our spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit just to begin to speak to you through this song. Allow the Holy Spirit, He's present here right now. And He is God and He loves you. Maybe it's been a long time since you've been close to God. Why don't this moment right now you say, I'm just gonna shut everything else out and I'm just gonna concentrate on this, allowing God Maybe you don't know God, maybe you never ever, this is all new to you. Firstly, you are welcome here. Secondly, it is all available to you, friend. I'm not gonna pressure you. I'm not holding any gun to your head. But what I wanna say to you is this, taste and see, it is good, it is good. So why don't you also just say, I awaken my spirit. And I'm just gonna allow this song to wash over me as you contemplate this amazing God that we serve. Amen. Let's sing it. Thanks, guys.